Welcome back, everyone. In this episode, we'll be finishing the last half of the Darkwing comic arc known as Foul Disposition. I don't have much else to say other than this episode sure was a thing that happened. So let's jump back in, starting with issue 11. So now we're on to issue 11. And <laughs> the cover for this one I have seen uh, parodied in not family-friendly ways, but it is Darkwing, Morgana, Launchpad, Steelbeak, Goslin, and Honker being, like, wrapped around a bunch of tentacles, and there's just tentacles oh, all over no. the page. Thank you, Internet. Oh, the, I hate you. The Internet. <laughs> the next cover, at least, is Quiverwing Quack jumping off a rooftop mid-jump, and Honker's in the background sweating and looks exhausted because he's carrying around her heavy arrows for her while she's having all the fun. So, or Honker. Issue 11. We return to Quiverwing Quack and the Arrow Kid. They're fending off the Fowl villains. Hotshot and Fly Girl mention they've been cooped up at Fowl headquarters and their powers were being used to summon Duckthulu. They chase after Honker but accidentally drop an anvil on themselves. Ammonia captures the kids and puts them into cleaning buckets, and she warns them that they can't escape because the buckets are filled with foul nanotech. What? <laughs> and the nanotech is ready to make a mess of anyone who dashes for it. And I feel like this is the second instance of nanotech being used because in The Duck Knight Returns, I'm pretty sure Taurus Bulba randomly whipped out nanotech at the very end. He equipped the like the giant building, the headquarters of Quackworks with nanotech, and now it's just like, mm -hmm. you can't leave this bucket that you're trapped in because the nanotech will <laughs> kill you. <laughs> it's like, it's a smart bucket. <laughs> it can also add things to your Spotify playlist. And <laughs> nobody talks about the good parts of the nanotech bucket. <laughs> hey, hey, bucket. <laughs> Darkwing, Steelbeak, and Femapeel are running from the giant walrus robot, but they reach a cliff. They're trying to fight the walrus. The walrus zaps and paralyzes both Femapeel and Steelbeak with a freeze beam. And then we get this, I don't know. At first when I, I saw this, I'm like, this is stupid. But then I realized this is actually kind of appropriate for the Darkwing universe because it is a universe where stupid stuff happens. So the walrus picks up femme appeal and uses her body like a sword and darkwing picks okay. up steelbeak's body and they get into a sword fight where darkwing parries and they're like fighting with the bodies of steelbeak and femme appeal and then the walrus parries and knocks femme out of the walrus's hands and she just goes flying off the cliff <laughs> <laughs> rest, never to be seen again rest in pieces <laughs> And then Darkwing defeats the robot, and he and Steelbeak head off to confront Foul High Command. And Darkwing's like, well, what about Femme Appeal? And Steelbeak's like, ah, she'll be fine. <laughs> She's got plot armor. She'll be good. So, meanwhile... Morgana is back at the Mallard residence with Launchpad, and she's floating in the air and meditating. And she says, I'm seeing Duckthulu's power drawing closer, closer. And Launchpad's like, close? How close? And she says, how about you turn around? And they turn around, and the entire neighborhood of people has turned into tentacle ducks with tentacle arms and tentacle legs and tentacle chins, which I find incredibly disturbing, and I don't like the visual imagery of that. Okay. Morgana says, don't worry, Launchpad, I just cast a spell of protection over us. It should start working in five minutes. And then she turns around, and Launchpad has already turned into a squid person. <laughs> uh, womp womp. I guess it was a matter of time. <laughs> it was his destiny. Really, he ran out the clock. He lost it a lot longer than we thought he would. Yes, his bulbous chin is now four tentacles, and he's got what looks like a webbed foot coming out of his forehead. I don't know. Oh, he's got webbed feet? Like, webbed fish fins coming out of his legs? Anyways, Morgana decides that the only way she can figure out what's going on is to disguise herself by giving herself a tentacle chin, and then she blends in with this zombie horde that is heading all in one direction, which is they're heading to Fowl Headquarters, because 
I guess Dekthulu is going to summon them. Okay. I love the confusion. It's great because there really I mean, is I no just, better way I, to explain it. I just don't like like what is the plan? Like Fowl is the summoning Dekthulu. I promise you that what? it doesn't even make sense. Okay. If you read the comic, because I remember reading this the first time, and I was like, I don't understand what happened. Like, it's not, I don't know, it's not explained very well what they're trying to do, and the the dialogue in general just, it's just confusing. Like, the pacing and everything in this makes no sense. And I remember when this whole thing was over, I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. I feel like Quack Quackthulu would have been better. Quackthulu? Yeah, I think so, too. It's Cthulhu? Although I don't know if Cthulhu is how you actually pronounce it. I, I'm sure it's not. I googled it and I think it's Cthulhu. There well, seems to be some debate um, on that. Well, Lovecraft was dick, so I don't really care if I say it wrong. Continue. We return to Femme Appeal, who's lying at the bottom of the cliff, injured, but I guess she's alive. She's just got to crawl into one of those medical ray tubes. Yeah, no kidding. And then she remarks that that's the last time she's going to help out two guys who argue like an old married couple which i didn't really get the impression that's what steelbeak and darkwing's uh i don't know dynamic was in this comic because they weren't arguing a whole lot it seemed like they were more working together yeah they were not like you know grizzly cough and darkwing now there's an old married married couple and so uh femme appeal sees ammonia pine passing by with goslin and honker in her buckets her nanotech buckets. <laughs> and Femme Appeal is like, oh no, are those children? Pine, you've gone too far. And then she has this weird little thought bubble, and all it says is captive children plus pine plus Duckthulu equal me blowing my cover to kick some tail feathers. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Carry the one. So she leaps out. And she attacks Ammonia Pine, helps the kids out of their nanotech buckets, which I guess, despite... Take that, nanotech! <laughs> yeah, I guess despite the fact that they probably have tech in them that prevents the kids from escaping, they apparently don't protect from sexy fox ladies kicking the buckets. So she kicks the buckets, ha ha ha, and the kids fall uh... out <laughs> of the buckets. And then Ammonia mm-hmm. hits Femme over the head with a mop. Goslin and Honker run away because she's like, go and be good to each other. There may not be much she, time left. Does she literally say that? Yes. Woof. <laughs> it is kind wow. of funny. Okay. Yeah, it was just really random. Well, sure, random lady. You be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Because the world may Thanks. not be around for much longer. <laughs> But Honker and Goslin don't get very far because they run straight into a bunch of Eggmen dressed up in cult robes. All carrying nanotech buckets. If only. Actually, let me check. Oh no, no buckets in their hands. Damn it! Darkwing and Steelbeak arrive at the sacrificial altar, which has a giant Duckthulu statue. He basically looks like Cthulhu, but with a duck bill and tentacles growing out of the duck bill. And there's this big metal slab shaped like an X with shackles on it in the center of the room. I wonder who that could be for. So Darkwing uh, is gawking at this, and Steelbeak sneaks up from behind and knocks him out. Surprise! Steelbeak knocked his, his buddy out? Oh, man. It was a trick. He was leading him into a trap all along. Oh, shucks. So we're back to uh, Morgana. She's following the herd to Fowl HQ, and she's like, oh, I recognize this place from Dark's, <laughs> from Dark's Files. And I, I just find it what? interesting that, like, three times they've mentioned this place, and they're like, recognize this place? And it's like, I still don't recognize <laughs> this place. Why do you keep mentioning <laughs> Oh, And that also implies that Morgana is just so bored that she just reads through Darkwing's old files. Yeah, I, I don't know. Somebody out there, please write to us and tell me what location this is referencing because they bring it up three times and they all seem to know where it is and remember it, but I sure as hell don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and here comes my favorite line for Morgana. So she's following the herd and then she says, disguises be darned. 
This time, Morgana Macabre faces her greatest challenge of all. Dot, dot, dot. Her choice in men. Um. What? <laughs> you heard me. What is that? What? She's marching along to stop the Cthulhu. And she just goes into full Stella get a groove back mode. And, like, somebody whoops out a, a nanotech boombox and starts blasting I'm every woman. I don't know. But I don't know why her choice in men is being brought up here. Because up to this point, Darkwing hasn't really actually done anything particularly egregious. This isn't like my Valentine Ghoul where he was genuinely being a dick. All he really did yeah. was he was just like, you stay home and look after Goslin. I have stuff I need to do. And like, yeah. he wasn't even that rude or dismissive about it. But she's going through some kind of internal dialogue here where she's just going on about challenges with him and, you know, questioning her choice in men. And I'm just like, uh, we're back to Darkwing. He wakes up and the first thing he says is, but Morgana, I didn't mean to dot, dot, dot. So I guess he was having a dream about pissing off Morgana. Yeah, well, I guess he wakes up in pain because she beats him. <laughs> and he's tied up on this cross thing. It's like an X slab. Mm -hmm. It marks the spot. And I feel like it kind of looks like, what are those BDSM things that people get tied to? I think it unintentionally kind of looks like that. Oh, there are a lot of tentacles involved. Womp womp. So he wakes up. He realizes Steelbeak has betrayed him, because of course, and Steelbeak says, Sorry, Darkwing. I gotta admit, I wasn't too big on the whole world snarf and space spook at first, but when conning and eliminating you became part of the plan, I volunteered. And then mm. we see Fowl High Command, and they are still shadowy, despite the fact that there are several characters standing behind and around them that you can see their faces in the light but their faces are still dark, so I'm just going to choose to believe that's what their actual faces look like. And then they say, The purple pawn has arrived of his own volition, as the ancient texts demanded. Our Dekthulhu's appetite demands a character of high spirits and an exaggerated self-image. We could not ask for a better offering. And then we see Darkwing tied down, and actually, when I look at this, he's lying back, and it almost looks exactly like the scene where Negaduck in Life the Negaverse and everything had him tied down. And the little clown thing crawls up and slams the axe between his legs. And you see Darkwing yep. do like the shocked look. It almost is like that entire scene. Mm. That's what he looks like. So the statue starts talking and it says, I hunger. My gratitude to those as evil as I. And he reaches out and almost immediately Steelbeak says, what have I done? Which I don't understand because literally Dakthulu has just woken up and he hasn't done anything yet. And it still makes <laughs> just like, suddenly I regret the thing that I knew was going to happen, which was that Dakthulu was going to wake up. I regret every decision in my life. <laughs> yes. And that's the end of that issue. And now we're on to the final issue of foul disposition. And boy, is my disposition feeling pretty foul right now. <laughs> I gotta say. We're just gonna keep throwing that pun out there because... Just like sandwiches. Mm -hmm. So the covers for this one, we have a 40s-style family of Launchpad, Morgana, Drake Mallard, Slash Darkwing, Goslin, and Honker. They're dressed up kind of like an old 50s family, and they look like they're on the scene of uh, a set of like a TV show, and there's cameras pointed at them, and... There's a little sign that says laugh and Steelbeak is standing there looking amused and there's the audience is a bunch of Dakthulus watching them. Okay. The second cover is, I know this one is a Batman parody where uh, Morgana and Launchpad are standing in front of a wall and there's the faces of various characters in the back behind them on the wall and it shows Steelbeak. And then it shows Quivering Quack, and it shows that she has homework stamped across her face. Darkwing has Loser stamped across his face. Quackerjack has Choking Hazard. Uh, Honker has Nosebleed. And Bushroot has Leaf Rot. And I think it was, I forget 
what Batman comic it was, but it was I think it was like the characters, a bunch of characters got killed off, and it was listing how they all died. I have found the comic cover. It's X-Men. God damn it. <laughs> it completely, I'll send it to you. Completely different friggin' world than what I was thinking of. Yes, you're correct. It is the Uncanny X-Men. I don't know who's hunting them down. This is a very old comic, clearly. Oh, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it looks very old. It's probably the Sentinels. I, love, I, I like how, I don't know how I got Batman out of that. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. It's all good. I was just curious, though. We're on to the last issue, and this issue is known as The Fridging. The Fridging. The fridging. So, he has risen! Dakthulu, that is. Steelbeak's Hello. like, maybe y'all went a little too far this time, and High Command is like, we will use the power of Dakthulu to remake the world. So, Ammonia, meanwhile, and the Eggmen are dragging Femapeel, Goslin, and Honker to the sacrificial room. And I guess because Femme Appeal is a woman, that means she has maternal instincts because she repeatedly brings up how messing with kids means messing with Femme Appeal. She, like, kicks ammonia pine right in the stomach. Really hard. Goodness. And then she starts kicking all these... What if ammonia pine was pregnant? That would be a conundrum right there. Well, Femme Appeal, that was rude then. <laughs> Or maybe but she doesn't we'll care it if it's Ammonia Pine's baby. I don't know. I don't know. But also, you work for Fowl. How many kids have been hurt because of what Fowl does? But okay. All right. So she says to Goslin, Quivering Quack, that's what he said your name was? I admire your moxie, but you need to get out of here. And then for some reason, and this makes no sense to me, Honker has turned into a tentacle person. Which he is smarter what? than all of the people in this. Literally everyone. Scene. Yeah. And Fem's like, oh no, the effects of Duckthulu. This will happen to all of us soon. Apparently, even Ammonia Pine is smarter than Honker because she's still. <laughs> <laughs> she's still there. Oh, the nano buckets can't save them now. Suddenly, Ammonia Pine gets zapped. And she turns into the worst thing she could imagine, which is a pile of mud. Okay. And we see Morgana has appeared. And she says, now that her name is Mud, let's focus on you. And she thinks that Femme Appeal is also a villain, because she doesn't know who she is. And Goslin's there, and she says, Morgana, how you doing? I totally snuck out tonight, but don't worry, it's nothing I can't handle. And Morgana says, that will be dealt with later. First... And then she rounds in on Femme Appeal and she says, So you ensnared Darkwing Duck in all this, and now you've got your hands on the children too? And Femme's like, wait a minute. And Goslin's like, no, Morgana. Morgana is like ready to friggin' zap the shit <laughs> out of her. Her hands are all crackling and she's cornered Femme, who's back against a wall looking terrified, which is actually pretty cool because Morgana usually doesn't get a chance to be tough and scary. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, once again, we're getting a classic, oh no, the love interest and the other threatening love interest are fighting. Kind of thing. The girls are fighting! Wow. Yes. Etc. Yes. But things are quickly cleared up when Femme Appeal explains herself, and Femme Appeal says, if anything, Darkwing Duck made things worse. He played right into Fowl's hands, being Mr. Super Spy with Steelbeak. His little ego trip will destroy you, me, these kids, everyone, everything. And Morgana says, sounds like you've met Dark and noticed his special charm. And she says, he's quite a character, yes. But now I'm confused, because... Femme Appeal, did she know that Steelbeak was going to betray Darkwing? Because now she suddenly seems to know what's going on. So why was she, like, also yeah. leading Darkwing with... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Also, she has to be the most persuasive person in the entire world. But she could just be like, Oh, hey, Darkwing, I just met you, but I also want to defect from Fowl because I don't want to have tentacle people running around. He's like, yeah, all right, checks out. And then Morgana's like, I'm going to zap the crap out of you. Wait, hold on. I'm not actually with Fel. And Darkwing's kind of a dick, huh? Oh, yeah, that's right. You're cool. 
Yes, indeed. So Femme Appeal reveals that she's actually a double agent and she has an ancient text that will reverse the spell of Dathulu. It's not really explained um, where she got it from or okay. anything, but... And then we get this weird, uh, they're leaving the scene and Femme says, also, no worries about the mix-up back there. And Morgana says, oh, good, I was going to say. And then Femme says, it happens more than you'd think. And I don't really get where they were going with that. I feel like there were so many chances for jokes and puns mm-hmm. and humor. And I don't know. We just get weird stuff like that, like these weird dialogue exchanges that don't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're leaving the foul They're running to this, They're running to the sacrificial altar that Darkwing is oh. at. Okay. So Got it. Back at the sacrificial altar, basically, Dathulu has come alive and he's zapping Darkwing and, I don't know, sucking his purple glowing juices out of him. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I guess it's his ego that he's feeding off of. And he well, turns... then he's, he's going to be full. Oh, yes, he's going to be. In like five seconds. He's going to be bloated. And he turns around and it looks like Steelbeak has already started to change into a tentacle monster, too. And Foul High Command is super excited. They say, We siphon more of that amazing arrogance and selfishness for Dathulu's waking appetite. And then Morgana and Femme Appeal, who has a jetpack now? (laughs) (laughs) I had to stop by my locker real quick, pick this bad boy up. And also, Goslin has a jetpack, and they just kind of fly in with their jetpacks, and Morgana floats in. And she says, quit playing around, amateurs. You might get hurt. And Goslin says, jetpacks, awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. And once again, I have to tell you, there is this weird theme about people flying for some reason. We have the hovering cars. We have the jetpacks. And later, they're going to introduce something even more stupider that at the time when I saw it, I was like, I hate everything about this. But that's a, that's a ways down the road. Okay. Morgana is trying to release Darkwing from his sadomasochist X thing that he's attached to. And suddenly, Launchpad crashes through the wall with a thunderquack. I guess because he was pulled there alongside all the other tentacled people. And so we see mm-hmm. Launchpad and the Muddlefoots have now shown up for the party. And they're all saying, Dathulu for sure. Dakthulu for sure. Okay. And then Dakthulu says, And so, with my followers around me, I awake. I observe and stand in judgment of you. And then he points at high command and he says, You think you can control that which is older than time itself? And Darkwing says, Now who's being egotistical? <laughs> and then Fell's like, But we already had our own continents picked out and everything. And then a trap door opens and they fall down. Kind of like when the Fearsome Four were with Darkwing in that weird above-the-atmosphere ship with Taurus Bulba, and they got fallen down. Yep. It's the same thing. I feel like they kind of recycle the same stuff over and over again and throughout this, and I don't know why. It's, it's just they reuse the same things over and over again, and I don't know why they do that. Uh, who could say? He's like, how can I get these characters out of here fast? I know, a trap door will just open up and they'll fall down and we won't hear from them again. That's that's fine. And then they'll be mind-controlled. Yes. Yes, they will. So Morg puts up a protective magic bubble around the whole gang and uses the scroll to zap them into a different reality to change up the playing field because basically they can't defeat Dakthulu in their world, so they have to take themselves to a different world. Okay. There's a panel of her selecting. They're just like standing in a Denny's parking lot. <laughs> I wish they had been. But we, <laughs> but we do see Morgana um, gazing into several dimensions to pick one. And most of them are kind of nonsensical, but one of them appears to be hell. Because there's flames mm-hmm. and little devil people. And it's upside down for some reason. And I'm, I, I don't know if that's a reference to something or if she was just literally gazing into hell for some reason. Just gotta check in, uh, see how things are going. Oh, terrible. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a panel with uh, a rainbow road leading to a city that I think might be Midgard, like Thor. And, oh, um, 
Midgard is Earth. What are they? Uh, What's it, the worst place? Valhalla? Called? Okay, it's probably Valhalla or something. I don't know. I could be wrong. We see another world that has... Asgard. Asgard, okay. Asgard, I got there. It's probably Asgard. And then we see... I think it's Chernabog from Fantasia, and there's a dinosaur and some mushrooms. Oh, maybe they're not mushrooms. Are there mushroom people? I think that's a Fantasia reference. And then we see Darkwing yeah. Bowling Ball swinging across St. <laughs> Canard, and the tower in the background is a bowling pin. <laughs> I like that. That was actually kind of funny. And then we see just a regular-looking suburban neighborhood, and Morgana says, that one, and she picks it and says, get ready, dot, dot, dot. Once again, this is the comic trying to be deep and metaphorical and it didn't need to do that because this is Darkwing Duck and Darkwing Duck is a show with humor and you know heart it doesn't need that extra layer of ooh we are so deep with these concepts but here we go so Drake Mallard wakes up in his bed he opens the door to reveal an Escher-style setup that was like the same gag from Fungus Among Us, essentially. Mm -hmm. And he says, I got just the smallest notion that I may be lost. He slams the door and goes back into his room, and he reaches into his closet where his Drake Mallard sweater vests are, and there's just several of the same sweater vests, which I guess they're cartoon characters. I guess they wear the same outfit every day so he says what to wear when dealing with a strange sense of ennui how do you pronounce that e-n-n-u-i ennui ennui he says a strange mm. sense sense of ennui and then he pulls darkwing duck out of the closet <laughs> like the full character <laughs> yes sorry i just you know out, coming out of the closet <laughs> <laughs> that now <laughs> oh it's funny that was clearly not intended but there we go so he pulls an entire darkwing duck on a hanger out of the closet and darkwing duck says to drake good morning sunshine and drake says yipes and then we get the stupid little conversation between drake and darkwing where he says if i wear you will i be here too and darkwing says ew <laughs> Darkwing says, if you it's don't... It's like Silence of the Lambs all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Darkwing's like, if you don't, where do I go? And Drake says, if I put you on, I might lose them. It happened once. And Drake says, if it weren't for me, would you have known any of them in the first place? And Drake says, fair point. And then the next panel is Drake Mallard, but one half of him is Darkwing Duck and the other half of him is Drake Mallard, like cut in half almost. Like Two-Face? Yes, yes. And he says, it might look a little weird, but as long as I keep this outfit balanced, I think I'm okay. And it's obviously like, you know, a stupid metaphor for balancing his secret identity with his crime-fighting persona. But he, he, he wasn't even struggling with that in this arc. I don't know what to tell you. Oh well. Are you you're gonna you're gonna tell me the end of this stupid story is what you're gonna do. <laughs> it's coming. So somebody says breakfast and he goes downstairs and he says, Looks like I've got some direction now. Which again, like I hate the dialogue in this so much. It's like nothing about it is funny. Mm -hmm. And it's not even all that deep. It's just you can tell that whoever wrote this just doesn't know the characters and doesn't know how to write them because I don't know. It's just, it's bad. So mm -hmm. we'll call him Drake wing. Cause I think that's what they actually call him. in this is Drake so, wing duck. Uh, I just want to, I just want a, a moment of clarity here. So he pulled out the, a dark wing from the closet that was <laughs> Like, had a face and everything? Or it was, was it just it a was costume? Full, it was Darkwing. It was a full version of Darkwing hanging on a hanger, and he was talking to it. And it was talking back to like, him. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture. I'm going to send you a screenshot Good. of this so you can see. Thank you. I want to know if how I described it to you is how you're imagining it. I was really just kind of hoping that it was going to be, like, the costume on a hanger. 
No, I don't like it. Yeah. That's... Oh, but apparently they like the Beauty and the Beast Broadway musical in the Mallard household. It would seem so. Mm. So he goes downstairs yeah. and he says, there's my family, but someone's missing. And we see Morgana in like 40s housewife outfit and Goslin with pigtails. And Morgana's serving pancakes at the table. And I guess Launchpad isn't there, so I guess he's the one that's missing. Darkwing's like, uh, Morgana, does this day feel funny to you? And Morg says, just go with it. And then they look out, and there's a studio audience of Duckthulhu's watching them, and there's a camera pointed at them. And mm. Morg's like, just play along with my idea. And he's like, uh, okay. Okie dokie. And then Goslin's like, Dad, I need a little help with my math homework. Can courage be divided by world-saving, daring-do, and a rich domestic life? And Drakewing says, good question, hun. First, I hear someone at the door. And Morgana says, you don't remember? Your boss, Mr. Duckthulu, is joining us for dinner tonight. Darkwing's like, but I thought it was breakfast time. And Morgana's like, time moves differently here. Do try to keep up, honey. Okie dokie. So he opens the door. And there's a massive Duck Thulu that's as tall as the house, and he's wearing a business suit. I regret to inform you the tie is once again regular-sized relative to the character. I will never get what I want <laughs> from this comic book series. <laughs> I'm actually confused, because he says, Mr. Duck Thulu, so good to see you. And then in a smaller bubble, he says, Mr. Duck Thulu, so good to see you. Why is he saying it twice? I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's questioning himself just like we're all questioning ourselves right now yeah so Duckthulu says thank you I'm looking forward to a delicious meal made of your souls I didn't know what was best for souls red or white I brought both and then he pulls out a bouquet of dead fish and says I couldn't drop by without a gift here's a bouquet of dead fish thank you for telling us what's in your hand in a comic that is a visual medium <laughs> okay i will say the look on drake's face in that panel he's super bewildered and it's actually a pretty funny looking face it is the appropriate response to being handed a bouquet of fish indeed duck Thulu smashes through the wall and he sits down at the table for dinner and he says you know darkwing muck you've been such a good employee as of late and drake wing says uh thanks and he says, every hero needs a bit of an ego. When you returned, you made sure to keep that trademark brash style. I like that. And Drakewing says, well, it's kind of complicated. And he gets interrupted. And Dathulu says, a few cases of production confusion in the marketplace didn't deter you with all those other Darkwings flying around. It was still you, front and center. Very important. We must never let our essential specialness become public domain. And then Darkwing's like, in hindsight, I think maybe, and then he gets cut off again by Duck Thulu. When you rejected your family to show that you could be a strong lone crusader, that was it. That was the final boost of pig-headed pride I needed to come back. The pieces were set up on the board. I started to play. Okay. Just giving you a moment to take that all in. Yeah. Goslin says, Mr. Duckthulu, I think you've got Drakewing here all wrong. And he says, silence and enough of this Drakewing business. If I'm going to eat, I want my meal to be 100% grade A Darkwing. The A stands for arrogant. And he snaps his fingers and Drakewing turns into fully, you know, 100% Darkwing. And then Morgana says, don't play into his slimy hand. And Darkwing's like, can I get a little help? I should have been saying that much earlier. And Morgana says, good news. I found a lost soul in the netherworld. And then Launchpad walks into the house and the audience starts clapping. I guess he's the fan favorite. I guess. He's like the Cosmo Kramer of uh, the Duck Thulu show. Yeah, and he's dressed up in what is obviously meant to be a reference to one of those 40s characters. So... The whole family stands up against Duckthulu, and he says, Mr. Duckthulu, we've been thinking about your offer. Consider it rejected. And I can't remember what the offer was. I don't think he made an offer. Let me go up and check. Maybe I missed something, because I'm like, what is he talking about? He didn't offer anything. Um, no, I he didn't. Think. He didn't say anything about um, an offer. 
He's just going on about how Darkwing was so egotistical and that's what allowed him to, I guess, arise. But then they're like, we've considered your offer and we're rejecting it. And Drake Wings, I guess he turns back into Drake Wing because Morgana zaps him again. And he says, we will not be your followers. The bond you see is stronger than anything you have. Morgana's magic even saved LP here. And he's the persuadable sort. And Launchpad says, sure I am. So Launchpad is dressed like Ed Norton from The Honeymooners. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Continue. <laughs> so Drakewing says, if my particular brand of hubris didn't tear us apart, who are you to try? You offer a monopoly of misery. Not interested. He's about to say, let's get dangerous. And then the window opens and the muddlefoots pop through. And Herb says, hi, a neighbor. Got any extra beef stew? And Morgana slams the window shut <laughs> in their faces. Oh. Oh. And there's like I just a, said no. There's like a laugh track and everything. Oh. So we're coming up to the end here. So Dathulu's like, you think you can reject my might? I, a pantheon of power unto myself, bow down before your master. And Darkwing slash Drakewing says, I have to tell you, pal, the Chetspa isn't exactly appreciated right now. Which doesn't sound like him, but okay. <laughs> and then he says, tell the peanut gallery to clam up. If that's the popular crowd, count us out. I guess he's referring to the audience members that are watching this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Morgana says, Drakewing, it's not going exactly as planned. And Drakewing says, it's okay, I got this. And Morgana is like, so much power, anger. And she realizes that they can't seem to handle this. <laughs> and then we get this one panel of Drakewing, and he says, I say, good day, sir. I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard. It's just, he's basically like... I say, good day, sir. Yeah, and he's basically kicking Dathulu out of their little house. And it's, um. not, and it's not working. So Morgana's like, okay... And realizes she has to do something. So she says, Dark, thanks for everything. Promise me you'll always be you. And then she... Sh <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> she... Sh <laughs> oh, I can't even tell you how stupid this is. You're, you're, you're very emotional about this. It's really very beautifully done, I could tell. <laughs> she shoots lasers... <laughs> Oh. I don't know why I find that so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's because Morgana generally in the cartoon, like, she had magic, but she, like, didn't have laser eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really one of her more uh, frequent uh, abilities that she displayed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just find that so funny. <laughs> I'm going to show you the panel. <laughs> Well, you have to now. <laughs> okay, I need to take a breath. Also, in that picture you sent me of Launchpad, Morgana has feet. She does. I say good day, sir. But you can see how kind of weird and ridiculous this looks. Yes, because Dathulu shoots his lasers. He's firing up his lasers at her and then she just was like <laughs> back um God. Okay. and then the lasers collide mm -hmm. and we see her, her laser against his and she says see you on the other side and Darkwing's like wait Morgana and then they all get sacked back to the regular world I guess they defeated, or Morgana defeated Dakthulu because everybody has been turned back to normal. There's no tentacles to be found anywhere. Launchpad says, what just happened? And Darkwing says, I am 100% sure I don't know. Can't remember much of it, but the statue of Dakthulu has fallen. More importantly, you're back. And Launchpad says, my back? What about it? Wah, wah. <laughs> well, that sounds more launch pad than anything else he said. It's true. And then Darkwing says, alas, 
The job isn't done. If you goons think I'm in the mood for some foul, funny business, you're sorely mistaken. Because, like, all the Eggmen have woken up from their egg comas. And it looks like there's, there's like, shush agents that have shown up and they're pointing guns at them. So I guess we do get mm. some guns in this. And so all the Eggmen have their hands up. And then we see Femme Appeal has snuck away. And she's talking to Jay Gander Hooter on... Uh, I don't even know what this thing is. It looks like a pocket mirror, but it has mm-hmm. like Hooter's face on it. And she says, the mission is completed, Jay Gander. And Jay Gander says, excellent job, Agent Appeal. Now return to headquarters quickly. I fear we must be ready for an even greater threat on the horizon. And I feel like they say that every issue, like right at the end, they're like, something even greater is coming in the next issue. You'll just have to wait until next time. And Steelbeak sneaks away, and he's like, oh boy, that did not go as planned. And where are my oh-so-laudable leaders? He says, oh, for crying out loud, taking on Darkwing, we'll have to wait for another day. And it is spelt D-A-H-K-W-I-N-G. So he's actually saying Darkwing. Darkwing. And then he says, time to find those phony leaders of Fowl. They owe me big time. And then I don't think we ever see Why? any of those people again. We don't see Steelbeak <laughs> again. We don't see Foul High Command ever again in this series. So I don't know if they were implying or something was going to happen, but it didn't. So They got thrown off the cliff of the comic. Indeed. So the Muddlefoots are back to normal and Honker runs up to them and says, Mom, Dad, I think I found something else I'm allergic to apocalyptic magic goslin hugs darkwing and says good to have you back darkwing you had me scared and darkwing says i'm just glad you're safe and i'm never going to take you all for granted again it's good to have you all here and then he looks around he goes morgana and then now realizes she was like goodbye dark yeah so it backs up like the panel backs up slowly and we see morgana isn't with them she never came back with them and he says i I lost her. Rewind. Remember Quiverwing Duck was fighting Dark Warrior? And he's like, go before he loses her. Mm -hmm. This was the loss. He lost her. She got Mm -hmm. fridged. Morgana Macabre got fridged. She got fridged. And that's literally how it ends. Except the, the text at the bottom just says, the beginning, dot, dot, dot. And that's it. Okay. That's okay. the end. Of, that's the end of foul disposition. That's, that's an awful ending. <laughs> <laughs> so Morgana's like, we can't beat them here. We have to take them to a '50s sitcom. And then she shoots that, lasers out of her eyes. Uh, she shoots lasers out of her eyes, and then sends everybody else back. Yeah. She, if you listen closely, you could still hear her shooting lasers out of her <laughs> eyes to this day. God. Okay. I hated this. I remember even back when I I first read this issue, I think have to find, I'm pretty sure I tore this issue apart when I (laughs) I wrote my original review for it. (laughs) Literally? Well, it was a PDF, but I guess I could have printed Mm. out the PDF. And (laughs) I remember not understanding the point of the whole arc because it starts off with Darkwing has an image problem that he needs to fix. So he's seeing this professional, and that had no bearing on the rest of the arc. It was just like yeah. an introduction to an excuse to do like a weird fancy madman introduction. I guess maybe just to demonstrate that he has a huge ego, that he doesn't think that he needs to have his image altered. I don't, I don't If you go to, listeners, negaverse.net slash comics... And look under the reviews. I have the reviews that I wrote back when these comics were first released. Apparently for issue five, I wrote it as Negaduck for some reason. Okay. Reviewing the comics. So I don't know why I did that, but clearly I was just having fun. But for Foul Disposition, I ended up putting together, I think I, I lumped them all together. Issues 10 to 12, probably because I just didn't have the energy to do it one by one. My exact words were... I'll come right out and say it. I don't like Morgana being dramatically written out of the comic. 
even if it was temporary or there's a chance she may return. I felt it went against the grain of what Darkwing Duck is about. Not only does it end the arc on a rather unresolved and depressing note, but the dismal situation bleeds into the next arc as well. That being said, if we had to have Darkwing lose Morgana, I prefer what took place in issue 12 over what I feared would happen. Based on Morgana's angry monologue in issue 9, her indecisiveness about her relationship with Darkwing and the appearance of Femme Appeal, who DW shamelessly ogles, I thought their relationship was going to end on a bitter note. My opinion has not changed since I wrote this review, which was July 8th, 2011. Yeah, because that's just, they really did, they they played up how Morgana was already questioning their relationship, but then she just sacrifices herself to save them anyway. Yeah. It's like, well, then why did you even do that? What was the point? My conclusion. (laughs) What was the point of any of it? My exact conclusion was, okay, I said, one thing that really irked me, there is next to no humor in this comic anymore. If I were to plot a graph of gags per issue, I would say that as we move further into each issue, there are fewer funny moments and more attempts at being deep and metaphorical, to the point where there was nothing in issue 12 that made me chuckle the same way the cartoon does. Still true. Like, if 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 they had gone with my ideas... I don't know why they didn't. I'm only, you know, 10 years in the future. How dare But I know they could have had at least a few more things between two pieces of bread with a olive on a toothpick. And then some of those Eggmen could have been wearing Darkwing Duck hats over <laughs> their, you know, Zulu robes. Yeah. And I described this plot back then as aimless and scattered. And that opinion still has not changed. I would describe it as lacking even a single tiny tie. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. That seems pretty generous. Yeah, it is kind of generous. I'm going to have to bring that down to a 3.5 out of 10. Mm, The only thing mm. I kind of liked about this comic was the imagery, because we did get funny facial expressions and the art. You know, it's always fun to see the art, but outside of that, I feel like they really squandered Steelbeak. Because this is the first time that everyone has seen Steelbeak since mm-hmm. the cartoon ended in the 90s. And I feel like they just really wasted that potential. And they wasted the potential with Fowl. And they barely mentioned Shush. Yeah. Just... Yeah, especially now that they're saying that Shush disbanded and, and kind of assimilated into... Quackworks, but meanwhile, Femme Fatale is a double agent mm-hmm. for Shush. You can't even keep your own story straight, comic book. Yeah. So that one was definitely a bust for me. I did not care for foul disposition. I thought Duck Thulu had a lot of potential too, and that also kind of got squandered because we do, I really wish that the tv show had done a bit more with like the supernatural elements because Mm -hmm. the way they set it up with morgana and her family and that there was a lot of untapped potential so having like an actual eldritch god appear and threaten them is like a really cool idea and i feel like they just they didn't pull it off very well no they didn't and there was just too many chin tentacles for my liking (laughs) It was all too wriggly. (laughs) So, give me your final thoughts here, Kitty. My final thoughts, I could sum up best in a few words, and they are Cthulhu for sure. Cthulhu for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like out of all of them, though, this one enraged me the least because I've just stopped caring. It's also like... Everybody was, there really didn't seem to be anybody having anything to do in character. So it didn't really feel like the characters actually did anything because they were just so out of character the whole time. So I guess it just like, I don't know, it didn't seem like even like Crisis of Infinite Darklings, there were char- like, you know, Negaduck was in there. But, you know, he wasn't perfectly in character, but I could be upset about that. In this story, it was just like, what's the point? <laughs> there's it makes no sense 
you're just trying to figure out what's going on. Like, what is happening? Why is this happening? Like, you're not even interested in the story because it doesn't make any sense. I and Honker that... should not have turned into a Cthulhu monster before everybody else. Yeah, I think there was just so much missed potential. I will tell you, when they rewrote this for the Definitively Dangerous Edition, I think this arc was the one that got the biggest makeover in terms of dialogue changes and story pacing. Mm. They couldn't, like, the actual, because they weren't redrawing the entire comic, so they had to stick with the same plot, but mm -hmm. somehow they actually managed to take what was already there and insert more, like, jokes and humor. And one day when we get to the Definitively Dangerous Edition, I'll go over some of those changes because it was actually surprising how it was more streamlined and it made more sense. That's something at least, like for people who, I don't know, either have only read the Boom version or want or haven't read the comics at all, I would suggest reading the Definitively Dangerous Edition of Foul Disposition because it is... Well, there you go. Or I also do recommend just having your friend tell you what happened. Uh, so that's uh, that is foul disposition. Uh, mm -hmm. So at this point in time, chronologically, it's actually the annual comics that I think came out a little in between or before this. So that's probably what I'll talk about in the future. So that concludes the Foul Disposition arc, which was a lot of something. Next in the comic series will be the Annuals, which is the untimely terror of the Time Turtle and Toy With Me, the Quacker Jack story. But before that, oh. Kitty and I, I are going to take I, a break. I forgot about the Time Turtle because I, I loved him. My, my, my thought of him. This little turtle with a stopwatch. Anyway, go on. <laughs> We're going to take a little break from the comics because if you can't tell, they are a little emotionally exhausting <laughs> to go through. So as a palate cleanser, as Kitty said before we made the decision, you go ahead. And when we are, in the, we are in the negotiation phase for how much more of this I could take as a palate cleanser, and since we talked about it a bit in this episode, and because we have it categorized already, we're going to do a review of Let's Get Respectable. Yay! And I, Yay. Like, that, I like that episode too, so. Yeah, it's a good one. It's got my favorite line in it, as I've already said. How's that, How's that donut? donut? <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh like you laughed at Morgana's eye lasers. Well, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. So we'll do that. We're hoping to have a guest on in the future as well. That's still in the works. And remember everyone, Duckthulu for sure. And crime doesn't sleep. And neither does Duckthulu for sure. Oh no, she's changing you guys. You should see my tentacles right now. I gotta get the lasers, and sh I gotta charge yeah. my lasers right now, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Remember me, kitty. I'll see you on the other side, listeners. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>